Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. This morning I want to share with you along the line of faith. We're talking about overcoming fear by standing in faith. So standing in faith is the title of my message. The subtitle could be uh, overcoming fear or dealing with fear. Uh, and before I look at uh, much of what I want to share with you, look at these two verses here in Romans chapter uh, 14. And look at verses 22 and 23. Hast thou faith is the question Paul asked. Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemns not himself in the thing which he allows. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat. Because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so in this particular chapter, he's talking about people that are weak or strong in faith. And he talks about we shouldn't judge one another based on whether or not a person eats meat or doesn't eat meat or drinks certain things, doesn't drink certain things, or observe certain holy days or doesn't live by those holy days and honor them. So he's talking about the subject of faith and how important it is for people to act in faith and stay in faith because without faith, we can't please God and we know that. But I want to share with you something the Lord laid upon my heart as we navigate through what's going on in our country with the coronavirus situation that's taking place. And that is this. He reminded me that when he brought the Israelites out of Egypt many years ago, he had them institute what is called the Passover. And the Passover meal was to remind them of all the things that he has done for them, all the things that he brought them through. And how he manifested his mighty power and glory and did for them what they could not do for themselves. There was no way they could have been delivered from Egyptian bondage on their own. They weren't strong enough. They weren't wise enough. They weren't powerful enough to do it. But because of a display of his awesome power, he brought them forth and brought them out. The Passover supper was to remind them of all these things that he had done for them. So why? So that whenever they came up to hard times or they faced certain situations, they wouldn't be overwhelmed and driven by fear but that they would rise up and overcome, knowing that God brought them out before, He'll bring them through it now, and get them into their promised land. But of course, we know that they were denied entrance under Moses' leadership, because why? They allowed fear to dominate their lives. And so as a result of allowing fear to dominate their lives, they didn't go forward as God would have them to. And God had to raise up a Joshua generation, and under His uh, administration, you can see, they rose up in faith and they entered into the promised land. Well, thank God... That we too can look back and remind ourselves and remember a few things that God has brought us through, even from the year 2000. And this is exactly what he wanted me to share with you this morning about certain things that we've gone through. So that we're not overwhelmed by fear, but that we rise up in faith, knowing that God will lead us through no matter what it is that we encounter in this world. Number one, in the year 2000, if you recall, we had Y2K. And a lot of people were overwhelmed by fear. Books were written that really prompted fear and produced fear in people's hearts and lives. I know a lot of people got rich on those books. But you know what? There was nothing to fear. And I've said from this pulpit right here, there was nothing to fear. Why? Because we know what the Bible teaches about end times and what we're going to have to be going through. And so Y2K was not going to be such a big deal. And it ended up being not such a big deal after all. But yet people were bound by fear. 
paralyzed by fear. In 2001, we had the World Trade Center. We know what took place at that time. But also, if you recall, there was the anthrax scare. People were afraid to get their mail because of fear, afraid of what might happen during that time. But you know what? God saw us through Y2K. God saw us through the anthrax scare. And then in 2003, we had SARS, the severe acute respiratory syndrome. And a lot of people, once again, were just riddled with fear and allowing fear to dominate their lives, wondering if they're going to get it. Are they going to die? And besides that, the monkeypox was also popular during that time as well. 2007, there was an outbreak of tuberculosis. And once again, fear began to grip people's hearts and minds. Am I going to have this? Am I going to contract this in my life? In 2005, or 2008, rather, it was e. e. coli, and then also salmonella. And you know what? God saw us through all that. And even though people were, once again, bound by fear, it ended up being there was really nothing to fear. Put your faith and trust in God, and He'll get you through it, no matter what it is. In 2009, we had the H1N1 flu pandemic. And a lot of people, once again, were just overwhelmed by fear. And we hear this fear being basically driven by the media. So we hear all the different negativities that are taking place surrounding these particular situations, like this flu epidemic. Well, once again, God got us through it. In 2011, listeriosis. Many people don't even know what that is. But it was a situation where people could be taken into sepsis or meningitis as a result. Think about the dangers that were there and many people were afraid but God saw us through it just like he saw the Israelites through it in 2012 the fungal meningitis and once again just running rampant with fear about contracting that themselves in 2013 the Middle East respiratory syndrome many people don't even remember that but that was one thing that was out there as well and then in 2014 Ebola and once again people were riddled with fear as a result of just the name Ebola how many of you know there's a name above every other name? No matter what we name these diseases, there's viruses or situations that we encounter, the circumstances of life, there's a name above it. And there's that wonderful name of Jesus that we can live by and honor. And then also in 2016, we have the Zika virus. Once again, people driven by fear, but yet God saw us through it. In 2020, 2020 this year, of course, once again, we hear about another virus, coronavirus. Well, the thing is this, God wants me to remind all of us, I saw you through the rest of them. I'm going to see you through this one. Put your faith in me, put your trust in me, rely upon me, and I will see you through it. And so once again, we want to learn to stay in faith and not be motivated by fear because fear is a destructive force that can absolutely consume a person's life. God wants us to learn to trust in him. And we can look back upon all these situations and realize, yes, God saw us through it all. One of the biggest ones, once again, was Y2K. People were hoarding up all kinds of things. They were having generators in their homes and bottled waters and just bringing all kinds of food in a shelter somewhere as if they're going to live in that shelter for many, many, many years. The sad part about that is if your neighbor needed something, you probably would shoot them rather than give them something that they needed, which is certainly not Christian love. But once again, God saw us through the whole thing. There was nothing to fear but fear itself. And so my message to us today is, look, we cannot walk in fear and allow ourselves to be dominated by fear. Fear kept the people of God out of the promised land, even though God did great miracles for them in the past and would have done even more so in the future. But they refused to enter in because they were dominated by fear. And so our message once again is stay in faith. 
and don't let fear dominate your life. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, let's, let's look at what it says. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want you to notice the word without. It comes from a Greek word that actually means outside of something, not inside something. So, for example, you could be inside your house or outside your house, without the house. You could be inside your car or without the car. You could be within the church or without of the church, outside the church. You get the idea. But when you put the word next to or you connect it to faith, without faith, it's talking about when a person is without or outside the boundaries of faith and not inside the boundaries of faith, then you can't please God. So actually, you could have said this. The verse could be read like this. By living outside the boundaries of faith, it's impossible to please God. God wants us to live in faith. God wants us to walk in faith and not be on the outside of faith. A perfect example is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 25. And here we have Peter walking on the water. Many of you know this, but let's read it. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit. And they cried out for what? For fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Notice the language, be not afraid. Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if, that, if it be thou, bid me to come into the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. An amazing testimony that Peter's out there walking on the water. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was what? Afraid. Notice the place of fear. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? What caused Peter to step outside the boundaries of faith was fear. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he saw the circumstances, he began to beget, become afraid. And when he was afraid, he short-circuited the power of God. As long as he was within the boundaries of faith, he was walking on water and a miracle was taking place. The moment he stepped out of those boundaries of faith into fear, he short-circuited the power of God and it failed him. But thank God he cried out to God or for, to Jesus for mercy and Jesus helped him to get back to the boat and the miracle then was consummated. So we learn from this that we can operate in faith or fear. And operating in faith keeps the power of God flowing in our lives. Operating in fear can open up the door to the enemy and allow him to have his way in our lives. And so we want to make sure that we're staying in faith. Well, how are we going to stay in faith? By dealing with fear. When it comes to what we're facing in this pandemic, it's easy for all of us to be dominated by fear because of what we see coming across social media. And we thank God for our reporters out there reporting the things we need to learn and know. But if all we're going to do is be dominated by what we're hearing through media and not going to the word of God, then fear is going to grip our hearts and control our lives. And the bad thing about it is this. It shuts down the operational power of God, preventing him to do for us what he wants to do. And you might think, well, maybe you're not near it. So that's why you're not afraid. Look, we all battle fears in this life. Anytime you see an angel appear before anybody, first thing he says is, fear not, because of the unknown. Fear not. 365 verses or more in the Bible, one for every single day of the year, telling us, don't be afraid or do not fear. And 
as far as I'm concerned, my life personally, when our son Andrew was born in 2001, June the 25th, and we were told he couldn't live, we were surrounded by fear. My wife and I were absolutely overwhelmed by what fear would bring our way. And when they told us that it's impossible because he doesn't have a left pulmonary artery, he has 22 Q11, he has tetralogy of flow, he has a partial thymus, he has no immune system, it's like an AIDS patient, and the list went on and on and on, and they're telling us why he cannot live, we could have allowed fear to absolutely destroy our faith in God. But rather than doing that, we looked at the Word of God, <clears throat> we found out what God's Word said, we asked God to give him a left pulmonary artery that he didn't have, and God performed a miracle in his life, and praise God, he's 18 years old right now, and prayerfully graduating from high school if they allow this this year to continue but he should be graduating this year but we had to fight fear every step of the way it wasn't a one-time thing it was everyday thing and so as we navigate through this particular situation that we're encountering right now this pandemic it is so important for us to stay in faith to remain in faith and don't let what we hear enter into our hearts and cause us to be gripped by fear because fear is deadly as a matter of fact I want to share with you some scriptures that talk about fear, starting with 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, so that we can learn about fear and how it really does destroy a person's faith in God. Number one, fear has torment. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Notice the very first thing he says here, fear can make a person miserable. Every single day of our lives, if all we hear is the negativity that's out there, then we can be gripped with fear and it can make us absolutely miserable and dominate a person's life. Why would we want to live in fear when we can rise up and live in faith and be at peace knowing that God is really on our side and helping us? Number two, Judges chapter 7 and verse 3. Fear almost always limits what a person can do. Now therefore... Go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from, the, from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 20 and 2,000, and there remained 10,000. So 22,000 people left because they were afraid. And he knew because they're afraid what's happening, they're not going to be able to use their abilities, their talents, the gifts that they have to go forward. So he said, look, we don't want them to interfere with what God's going to do. So if they're afraid, go on back. It can make a person ineffective for God. As a matter of fact, if we're not willing to step out and we allow fear to hold us back, then we won't use our gifts, our talents, and abilities to promote the work of God in our lives or through our lives as well. So it's important that we understand this. Don't let fear limit how God can use you in this life. Don't let fear of a coronavirus make you think that you're not going to be able to function in life. Don't allow fear to be the dominating force with regard to facing a situation like this. Rise up and believe that faith is greater than fear. In Job chapter 3 and verse 25, and this is so essential, so important to all of us. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Notice Job had this not little fear, but a great fear. He greatly feared what actually took place. It's almost telling us that when we fear something so strongly, we actually open up the door to it. Now, we're told in the Bible, in the book of Ephesians, give no place to the devil. Give no place to the enemy. No entry points. 
Fear can open up the door to the activity that we really don't want in our lives. So why should we be dominated by fear and give him that access into our lives when we can be dominated by faith and give God the access to our lives? So it's important that we maintain this focus. Don't just go by what you hear that feeds your fear. Feed your faith, praise God, and rise up and use your faith to overcome. Look at the next one. Fear is also contagious, very contagious, which is why we need to protect what we hear. What we think, what we believe. Look at the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20. This is verse 8 from the Living Bible. And now, is anyone afraid? If you are, go home before you frighten the rest of us. Notice how a person who's in fear can project that fear on somebody else. And before you know it, they're talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And everybody gets even more afraid and more afraid and more afraid. And fear, this awful force that opens up the door to the enemy, dominates a person's life and opens up the door to the enemy's activities. And so God wants us to realize our need to rise up in faith and believe him above everything else that we're hearing. Look at the next verse in Joshua chapter 14. This goes back to the Israelites coming out of Egypt and how they could have entered the promised land under Moses, but they allowed fear and unbelief to keep them out. This is Caleb, who was one of the ten spies who went out to spy out the land of Canaan, and he brought back, praise God, a good report. It was, it was Kadesh Barnea, which they spied out. I was 40 years old, he said, when Moses, the Lord's servant, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to scout the land, and I brought back an honest report. My brothers who went with me caused the people's hearts to melt with fear but I remain loyal to the Lord my God. This is from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Notice what he said. He was one of the two spies, Joshua being the other one, that saw everything that the other ten spies saw. But even though all the natural report was the same for all of them, Joshua and Caleb came back with a report of faith. That we're well able to take the land. We can do it because God is on our side. He'll get us into the land of promise like he said he would. He'll drive out all the ites that are in the land. And we'll get in successfully and enjoy the fruit of that land. But the other ten spies, we said fear is contagious. They said we can't do it. These giants are too big. Those giants, by the way, they represent emotional giants that we face in this life. Like fear, worry, anxiety, compromise, and so on. But. They saw those literal giants, and they said we're like grasshoppers. They saw the fortified city walls, and they said we can't get through them. Nobody penetrates those walls. We can't do it. What's the difference between what Joshua and Caleb saw and the other ten spies saw? They all saw the same thing. But one gave a report of doubt and unbelief based on fear, and the other gave a report of we can do it, a positive report, because God's on our side. So we can go through life looking at all the things that create fear and cause fear and be denied the blessings of God. Or we can be like Joshua and Caleb and just say, well, hey, they believe God, they got in. Same situation, different perspective. One of faith rather than one of doubt and unbelief based on or through fear. So it's important that we understand also this. There are leaders that were there, those ten spies, that died by the plague. And that plague was worms ate out there tongues and jaws and their navel which represents the heart and mouth of the people they were judged because they created fear in the hearts and lives of the people by saying that we can't do it and we're grasshoppers in our sight and their sight and even though the other people already conceded the land to them they couldn't see that and as a result god said these words as you have spoken in my ears so will i do to you and they died 
of the plague right there before all the people to see. So notice this. As you spoke in my ears, that's what I'm going to do. Faith says, I'm going to say what God said so that when he hears me speaking the word of faith to him, as you spoke in my ears, so will I do to you. So Joshua and Caleb got what they said, believing from the heart with their mouth that God would deliver them and get them in. And they got what they said. And so did the others. One was good and one was bad. Well, the question is, how then do we overcome the fears that are really genuine? We all have feelings and emotions and we all experience fear in our lives. But how do we overcome those fears? Number one, some key points that will help us overcome fear. Know that God is with us. Look in the book of Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. I believe one of the most powerful verses in the Bible about overcoming fear. Fear thou not. And he gives reasons why. For I am. Notice those two words. I am. It's a reference to the great I am. When Moses said to God. Who do I say sent me? He said. Say I am. That I am. The great I am. Said. I'm going before you. I am with you. I'll get you through it. So fear thou not. Why, Lord? Because it's not real? No. The coronavirus is real. But fear thou not because I am even more real. I am even greater. I am with thee. Be not dismayed, discouraged, and overwhelmed with anxiety and fretting. For I am your God. Once again, I am your God. You are my God. He gives us reasons not to fear. I will strengthen you if you're weak. I will help you if you need it. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. So those are reasons right there why we need not fear no matter what we face in this life. And then look at the book of Psalms 118 and verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. It's almost as if he's saying I'm making a decision. Even though I have the feelings of fear, I'm not going to fear. What can man do to me if God is on my side? So if he's on your team, I think you've got a pretty good team going. He's going to defend you. He's going to fight for you. And he's going to manifest himself in a powerful way. Look at Psalm 23. We read this all the time. But too often we, really, we read it religiously and don't look at the reality of what's being said. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. How do we overcome fear? Number one, by knowing that God is with us, God is for us, God is in us, and God is on our side. And when he's on our side, praise God, there is nothing in this world that can overcome us. Look at the next one, number two. Since he is with us and on our side, we learn to trust him. Trust God. Jeremiah chapter 17 tells us powerful scriptures. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabit it. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. But her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So here he is saying, look, we can just choose to completely trust what man can do, and limit ourselves. What's the curse he is saying? When you look to man and trust to man only, you're limiting yourself. Because man is limited. 
Man doesn't have all the answers. Man can come up, cannot come up with all the solutions that are necessary to get us through life successfully. So if our trust is only in man himself and what he can do, then we are limited as far as the access we have to the benefits that we need. But if our trust is in the Lord, praise God, then we thank God for what man can do. We appreciate what man can do. But we go beyond that and recognize the fact that God can do a whole lot more for us than anyone else. And we can look to him to do what man can do. Remember, Jesus told the one man, all things are possible to him that believes. And so it's important that we understand our need to believe and trust God. In the book of Psalms, chapter 56, look at verses 3 and 4. But when I'm afraid, and once again, if you listen to the media, you're going to hear a lot of fear. Not that it's not true, not that it's not really happening. But once again, if we're only dominated by what we hear over the media, then we could be overwhelmed by fear. But when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. Notice this, this language. My trust is in you, and I'm trusting what you promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Notice the language here. He's talking about, I know what God said he would do for me. I know the promise that he made to me. And so therefore, my faith is in the promise of God, the integrity of God, and the fact that God is on my side to help me. So why should I trust anyone else when I can trust him? Why trust my feelings and emotions that are really derogatory when I can trust God who is always faithful? So he's talking about a promise that he made to mankind. For example, you go to the Noah promise that he made never to flood the earth ever again by water. And God cannot change because he promised. And so therefore, since he cannot lie, he must hold to that promise. So when we find the promises of God that says, I'm with you, I am for you, I am in you, I will help you, I will defend you, I will fight for you. He's on our side. We can trust him to rise up and do, praise God, what he said he would do. Look, we understand we've gone through many, many different things. Whether it's acts of terrorism and that sort of thing that took place upon this earth. We can't stop things like that from happening every single day. We know certain things are going to happen. But when they happen, we're not alone. We're happy. We don't have to be overwhelmed by them. We can look to God to help us rise up above these things that are out of our control. So we should never allow fear to dominate our lives. But faith. Number three. Powerful verses that we're giving you. How to overcome fear and deal with it. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Look at what it says. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a sound mind. Three powerful forces in this verse. That will help us rise up above and overcome fear. Number one. Power. Power. This is God's miracle working power. But look in the book of Psalms chapter 20. Verses 7 and 8. The power that we have is found in the name of Jesus. Some trust in chariots and summon horses or the militia of the world. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. If you recall when David stood before Goliath, who was so much taller than him, stronger than him, skilled in fighting and that sort of thing, he said, I'm coming to destroy you. Goliath said, based on my ability, my size, my strength, my understanding of warfare, etc. But David said, I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I'm not coming at you in my own name or the name of mankind. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And they are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. David basically allowed that scripture to become a reality in his life. He understood that God delivered him from the hand of the lion. 
and the bear, the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. And he will also deliver you, he said to Goliath, out of my hand, into my hand, and I will destroy you. How? In the name of the Lord of hosts. We've got the powerful name of Jesus that we can use to navigate through life upon this earth. So God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power in the name of Jesus. Also, power of the Spirit. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. The power of the Holy Ghost. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. How? According to the power. That word worketh in the Greek is efficiently operative in us. There is the power of God within and the enemy wants to do nothing but destroy us, deflate our faith, deflate the power of God within us by getting us to focus on wrong things. When we look at that and we just say, yes, on the inside of me, I've got the Holy Spirit who raised up Jesus from the dead. I've got the Holy Ghost who quickens mortal bodies living on the inside of me. Rather than look to that to defeat, I'm going to look to the victory that I have in Christ Jesus my Lord. The power of the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, and then thirdly, the power of the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 makes it very clear. For the word of God is quick, it's alive and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God was sent to heal us and deliver us from our destructions. The word of God, we are told, is their life to us and health to all of our flesh. And so therefore, God sent his word to us. We've got the power of the name of Jesus. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got the power of the word of God living in us. Praise God. And then also... We've got love. Secondly, we've got love. The power of love. Go back to 1 John 4 and verse 18. Look at what it says. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. And what he's talking about is being mature in God's love for us. Yes, we should walk in love toward one another, but this verse is re referring to the fact we have to understand the love that God has for us as individuals. How he cares for us so much. Jesus said in John 16, 27, For the Father himself loves you because you've loved me and believe I came out from God. This is a personal message to each and every one of us. When we are really rooted and deeply grounded in the breadth and length and depth and the height of God's love, then we know that God loves us so much there's no need to fear. It's like a little one jumping off the edge of a pool into his father's arms knowing that my father's not going to let me go. Why? Because he loves me and he cares for me so much. So when a person understands the love of God... And the love that he has for us as individuals, as his children. Perfect love. Cast out all fear. There's no need to fear. And then also thirdly, the sound mind. A well-disciplined mind, Paul talked about. Look at Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. That's tranquility of heart and mind. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusts in thee. Notice how these all work together. He's with us. We can trust him because he's committed himself to us. We've got the power of, of love and a sound mind operating within us and the power of his word. And then now we understand also our mind can be sound. Why? Because it's well-disciplined being taught the fact that God will help us navigate through whatever it is we have to get through in this life. John 16, 27, or 14, 27, look at what it says. Peace I leave with you. Notice this, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Wait a minute, let not, don't allow it. Don't allow your heart to be troubled, neither let it, don't allow it, be afraid. So when the heart wants to fear and be afraid, when the heart wants to be troubled and overwhelmed by anxiety, worry and frustration and all that, we're not to allow it. And why are we not to allow it? 
Because I've got God's peace. It's a peace the world did not give. It's a peace the world cannot take away. It comes from Him. And as my mind is stayed on Him and who He is and what He's done for me, remember, He is the creator of the universe who brought all things into existence. He is the one who showed His love for us by sending His Son to die for us. What the Bible says, greater love is no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. How shall He not with Him give us freely all things to enjoy? So knowing this, my mind is stayed on Him, praise God, and not on what's happening around me not that we shouldn't be informed but we shouldn't be overwhelmed by what we're hearing we should maintain the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts that come against our hearts and minds to make us think that god's not on our side the next thing number four a key to overcoming fear is to fear god to fear god above everything else to show reverence for him above everything else look at proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the alphabet of wisdom as well. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So in other words, I am to fear God above anything else. I am to reverence God above everything else. And so no matter what I hear, it's wise for a person to say, but my trust is in God because I fear dishonoring Him. Look in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 what it says. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Well, what is it? Fear God. Keep His commandments. This is the whole duty of man. This is the sum total of all things. We're to fear God. We should be in such awe of Him and reverence of Him. If the Israelites would have done this in the first place and had fear of Him and not fear of walls, fear of Him and not fear of giants in the land, fear of Him and not fear of all the people that were there, the warriors, if they would have feared Him, and if they would have been people that would have said, I don't want to displease him, they would have entered their promised land 40 years sooner. But they didn't do it. Why? Because they allowed their lives to be dominated by fear. Once again, my message is we can't let fear overcome us and overwhelm us at a time like this or whatever. All these viruses that we just said we've been brought through by the hand of God. Why would we think that he wouldn't do it now? We know that he will. Look at the last one. Praise and worship. How important it is at a time like this to get so caught up in praise and worship. As a matter of fact, it might be nice to turn off the TV for a little bit and just praise and worship God. Why? Quote this verse in Psalm 34, beginning with verse 1, and worship God. It'll do your heart a whole lot of good. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. We don't boast in the effectiveness of a disease. We make our boast in the effectiveness of our Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. If we want deliverance from all the fear that's out there, spend some time just worshiping and praising God and honoring him. See, when David was tormented by this worry and fear, he sought the Lord in worship and praise. And as a result of doing so, he was delivered from those fears. And God honored his faith. And we could do the same thing that David did. We're no different than he. He stood before Goliath, fearless. Why? Because he was already battle-tested with a lion and a bear. He knew his God. As a matter of fact, he wrote the 23rd Psalm, knowing that as a shepherd, he gave his life for the sheep. As the shepherd who was watching his father's flock by night with his life. When the bear came, when the lion came, he offered his life to save one sheep. 
And he says, I'm the shepherd. I'm not a hireling. I'm not hired to do this. This is family. He was willing to sacrifice his life, but he also knew this. He knew that as he was toward those sheep, so God is toward his sheep, the people of his hand and pasture. You know why he wrote the 23rd Psalm? And how he wrote the 23rd Psalm? He saw himself watching those sheep and laying down his life. And then he probably sat there under the stars at night one time and just said, I'm their shepherd, but who's my shepherd? I got it, Lord. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, you're my shepherd. I'm limited. I'm a human being. But you're unlimited. You're almighty God. And I'm, I'm glad to call you my shepherd. So let's not just quote this religiously. Let's find out what it really means to us. I've got a table prepared in, in, before me in the presence of my enemies. I don't have to be concerned. My God is on my side. So our conclusion is found in Psalms 46, beginning at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, therefore connects what was said to what's about to be said. Therefore, will not we fear? We're not in faith because of who we are. We're not out of fear because of our strength or ability or our wisdom. If any man boasts, don't boast that you're wise. Don't boast that you have money. Don't boast that you're strong in yourself. But boast in the Lord. I'm not going to fear. Why? Though the earth be removed, though the mountains carried to the midst of the sea, I'm not going to fear. Why? Because he's my present help in every time of trouble. It's knowing him intimately. It's having a relationship with him. Knowing he's on our side to defend us and protect us and help us navigate through it all. I want to conclude by saying something that I believe is very important. We made a, a choice as a church to stop our services at the recommendation of our president and the CDC. And we did that because, as I said earlier, there are those that are weak and strong in faith. It's important that we understand we have not the right to judge anyone in these matters. There are those I hear out there speaking and saying, you should never close your church if you're a person of faith. Well, then you should never eat meat, he was saying. If you're weak in faith, you should eat meat if you're strong in faith. What was the message he was sending out to the people? If you believe you're stronger in faith, then you know what? Consider the one who you say is not. You don't want to put someone in a position where they could be, let's say, contracting a disease where it could be life-threatening. And what if they did die within your midst and you become an agent of death? What kind of a light is that to the world? We're going to do our part as long as we possibly can So help, to help prevent the spread of the virus. You know what? God is still God. And he'll meet with us no matter where we're at. But we made this choice, we made this decision to cooperate right now and follow the recommendation. And we'll continue to do so until such time we see a need to change. But we're not in fear. 
If we're in faith, praise God, you can stay home and be in faith and receive from the word of God and rise up and be a blessing to somebody else. We also are continuing to have our doors open here so we could be a center where we can help other people out. If you have need that's out there, call us and let us know. Maybe we can help you get some supplies or whatever. Uh, pick up food for you or whatever. If you're a shut-in and there are many people we can't even visit any, lo any longer that are in the nursing homes and hospitals. But give us a call. We'll pray with you over the phone. We'll stand with you and believe God with you. And that's what Christianity is all about. Being loving, compassionate, helping other people. And if we think once again that we're, not a, that we're stronger than other people in faith, then take a stand. And you can't judge someone for either having it or not having it. I heard one pastor really criticizing people, saying some things that were really off color if they didn't have church. Well, the Bible says uh, you live or die to the Lord. If you do it, you do it to the Lord. If you don't do it, you don't do it to the Lord. And God will judge your heart. Let him be the judge, not man. It's wrong to criticize somebody else for something that they're doing. Just do what you're doing and have a reason for what you're doing. Our stand here is to follow the recommendation, to see to it that we're here to be a blessing as much as we possibly can during this particular time. Call the offices if you need prayer. We'd be glad to pray with you and believe God with you. If you believe you've been affected by the virus, God is still bigger than the virus. And Jesus' name is above it all. And so we want to join together with you our faith. If one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. We'll use our faith with yours and believe God for a miracle in your life. You heard me say about my son Andrew, praise God, he was healed by the power of God. So even though a man said he couldn't live, he's alive very much, strong in the Lord himself. So we pray that this has been a blessing to you, that this broadcast will help feed your faith and not your fears. And help you to rise up and have a better perspective that you can look to God and know that he is on your side with you, for you, and in you to see you through the whole thing. And you know what? We're going to get through it all. It's going to be behind us one day. And we'll look back and just say, God is so faithful. God is so faithful. Can you say amen to that?